0: welcome to the federal remote worker podcast series part four on security hosted on government technology insider i'm your host matt langan security threats continue to be an issue for federal remote workers from phishing emails targeting employees to hackers looking to gain sensitive data there are an array of areas that need to be protected as we look at the impact the pandemic has had one year later on remote workers And today we're joined by Alan Russell, who is the Senior Security Manager for Public Sector at Verizon, and Brian Golden, Public Sector Cybersecurity Solutions Executive at Verizon, who will discuss this topic further. And Alan and Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for coming back. And it's been a year. So looking back on the past year, how has the security environment changed for remote workers? And perhaps we'll start with Alan.
1: Well, thank you, Matt. The environment's changed quite a bit over the past year. As we all know, more people are working remotely. And initially, when workers started to leave their offices and work out of the house, the concern was not security, but the first concern really was making sure that people had access to the corporate networks. So there was quite an increase home workers, homeschooling, homeworking, and security was really lagging behind. And one of the things that came to the forefront or a catalyst that brought focus to security was the Solar Winds breach that happened, well, it actually had been occurring for well over a year, but came to light in early fall and that changed a lot for federal workers it changed a lot for how security was looked at and the network there became a lot more concern over security and once the solar winds breach came to light would you agree with that brian
2: oh yeah it's the share of remote workers before the lockdown, you had somewhere around a third of workers would telework. And during the lockdown, that nearly doubled. And it's expected that about half of workers will telework. So we've got a significant population who will continue to be working remotely. One thing that is particularly interesting is because you have had a lot more bring your own devices, BYOD, in place as alan said you know when we went into lockdown initially the focus was not on security it was just on access and now you have bring your own devices and the interesting thing is with that device also frankly comes its own baggage if that device is something that you own but you are also working using for work those applications that you have on that phone can be a potential vector for compromise. So you've got, let's say, a Facebook app on your phone. You wouldn't have that on a work phone, but you might have that on your personal phone. And there's been a a significant uptick in phishing that happens outside of emails, particularly because of people bringing their devices to work. So they've got a Facebook app and they click on something they shouldn't have in the Facebook app and that can compromise their mobile device. They, since they're working at home, then they also have a lot of other devices. You know, you could have smart fridges, your, you know, Google Home, your Alexa and so forth. And I probably just activated some people's systems right there. And that, that right <laughs> there actually is a, uh, <laughs> an idea of, of how easy it is sometimes to demonstrate how security has changed with people working from home. Uh, But the long and the short of it is that by having users using devices that are not under direct control of the company, that has given the attackers a plethora of new vectors to be able to to compromise that device and then to move laterally into the rest of the organization's network.
0: Yeah. Great insights there from both of you, and we touched upon this a little bit. You talked about phishing and other issues and challenges that are happening mm-hmm. out there right now, but let's talk about the new threats that have emerged that are impacting agencies themselves, and maybe we'll stick with Brian on this one
2: sure, you know it sounds not that exciting right A lot of times you like the you know security to come in and tell you something really hey, there's this you know this this you know grave new threat. I'll tell you though. One of the most impactful things is having an acceptable use policy that's been defined by the organization. Most people want to do the right thing. They were, you know, thrust into this remote working environment and, okay, well, what can I use my work phone for? Or if it's a bring your own device, you know, if you want to bring your own device, there are probably some constraints about what you can and can't do with that. And the Verizon Mobile Security Index is an annual report we just released in mid April of this year, and in that we found that fifty seven percent of the respondents didn't have an acceptable use policy for mobile devices, so users literally had no direction on what was considered to be acceptable use for an asset and if nobody's telling you what you can and can't do with it, you know you're really exposing yourself to really exposing yourself to unnecessary risk so it's interesting the acceptable use policy really has nothing to do with technology but it has a significant impact on the security of these remote workers
0: yeah excellent thanks brian alan anything to add to that one
1: yeah brian thanks you you touched on the mobile mobile users which when you look at the threats that are emerging one of the things that a lot of organizations are doing is two-step authentication on their mobile device and really that is a best practice if you're trying to build a zero trust architecture and most federal agencies are talking about zero trust architectures but they haven't really defined what aspects of it they're going to implement and what policies, and Brian talked about policies that are needed. And the policies are really the first step, getting clear policies for mobile devices, and today we need that with all the mobile users. So these are phishing is the threat that is going through mobile devices, which we didn't see that as prevalent as we're seeing that now. That phishing is on the increase in mobile devices. And so the threat landscape, the surface has greatly increased. And there's just more ways to get in to the network now, especially with social media and phishing.
0: Yeah, great insights there. And, you you know, you touched upon a few things like two-step authentication and other things like that, but what more can federal agencies do to stay secure when employees continue to work remotely? And, of course, they need to access sensitive data, right? And we'll stick with Alan on this one.
1: Well, I think implement secure gateway if you segment your network. Uh, there are things such as technologies out there, and I won't get specific on technologies, but use honey pot that that threat actors would would fall prey to, so to speak. And these honey pots are set up that replicate the network. And then you can basically trap a a bad actor in it. And they're not inside your network, but they're outside of the network. So that's one of the things that really could be used too.
0: Okay. Great. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. And
2: yeah, to add on to that, you know, attackers rarely directly attack what they're interested in. Mm. Usually it's because they don't have direct access to it. So they enter into a network by compromising a device, somebody's desktop, and then they move laterally once they're inside the network to try to locate what they're really interested in. The early detection of somebody compromising the network by using something that, like Alan referenced, a honeypot, some type of threat deception technology that creates digital decoys of assets that look and feel and smell and act like the real thing. They're indistinguishable to an attacker. And as soon as the attacker starts poking around on it, there's an alert that's sent. And unlike most other systems, when there is activity on that decoy, that there is an extremely high chance that there is something untoward going on. That early detection of compromising, uh, of a compromised asset that, you know, by itself is not a huge security breach, but is the entry point to something that could be, if you can detect that sooner, you can prevent that attack, from being something that is minor to something that is completely game-changing like we saw with SolarWinds. You know, that SolarWinds uh, breaches were running around in the wild for nine months before they were detected. So I think that's one of the big things that federal agencies can do is, you know, independent of the technology, but invest in things that will help you detect a breach sooner.
0: Okay, great. Well, you know, it's been awesome connecting with you all again around 12 months later from when we first started this discussion last year. And for our final question, this is our future focus. So, you know, if you don't mind, tell us what the security landscape could look like a year from now and what trends do you see coming to the forefront? And we'll start with Brian on this one.
2: Well, I'll tell you, I think with the proliferation of IoT devices, I think we're going to start seeing that becoming an even greater vector for bad actors to breach you know the your your IoT devices don't run traditional operating systems and you know probably won't have endpoint protection right antivirus anti malware running on them your home is loaded with IoT devices and you know typically those devices can be more easily compromised and once an attacker compromises that, they can move laterally into other areas that are of higher value. I'm reminded of a Las Vegas casino that got breached through an aquarium thermostat because that thermostat was connected to the casino's Wi-Fi. So I think as IoT devices, and especially with 5G starting to get significant penetration, we've already seen that, And the, you know, the devices that will be out there, the number of devices that are out there are are going to massively increase. They're going to be uh, difficult to secure. So I think that that, that's one thing that I definitely keep an eye on is the proliferation of IOT devices and how that just represents a, a greatly expanded threat surface.
0: All right. Thanks, Brian. Alan, what's your future vision? What does the future hold from your perspective?
1: Well, I think, Brian, you touched on, I mean, that's certainly there in the IoT devices with ransomware. It's much easier for ransomware on an IoT device to be implemented. And we're already starting to see that. It's more in... Not as much in uh, federal organizations, but it's starting to hit federal organizations. One of the things that, that if you look at, and I go back to building zero trust and identity management, right now, a very, very hot topic is the vaccine passports that show your vaccine on it. There's a security aspect to that. For identity management, that is going to have to be deployed by the government. If they're going to bring that to the forefront and implement a vaccine passport, we're going to see more vaccine security, those type of things reach out in the future with identity uh, identity management, biometrics. We've we, we've seen that. This is just a new stage, a new level of uh, where we're going with that.
0: All right, great. Well, this concludes this episode of the Federal Remote Worker Podcast Series Part 4 on security, where Alan Russell, Senior Security Manager for Public Sector at Verizon, and Brian Golden, Public Sector Cybersecurity Solutions Executive at Verizon, provided insights on the security landscape for federal remote workers one year after the pandemic first hit us. And Alan and Brian, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Matt. My pleasure. I really appreciate it.